Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my new friend and guest, Fiona Custer. In this episode, we'll hear about daily life with four daughters, find out what it's really like to live in Hawaii, and hear how a Greek word has helped Fiona stay encouraged and focused on what matters. This is episode 53. Here we go. Well, thank you, Fiona, for being with me today. I am just really excited to chat with you. Hi, Hannah. You're so welcome. I am really excited to chat with you today as well. Yay. So this is cool. So my husband actually has known you and your husband for years. Like he's always spoken so highly of the two of you. And so I was just really happy to get the chance to connect with you and talk with you and get to know you better. I always see pictures of your beautiful daughters, all four of them on Facebook, and I just smile. They're so lovely. And you seem like just a really joy-filled, honest, and loving mama. And I really appreciate that. Oh, wow. Thank you. That is very, very kind of you. That means that I have done an amazing job of fooling the social media world. Um, No, just kidding. No, you will definitely find a very honest mama on my Facebook and Instagram. I am not one to sugarcoat motherhood because it is so gosh darn hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just does a disservice to myself and to mamas out there. So I'm just trying to keep it real and kind of laugh as we um, figure out our way through this thing called motherhood. Yes, I know. So could you just begin before we kind of dive into our topic of just telling us all a little bit more about yourself, like the overview kind of of your life growing up and then the journey of marriage and now motherhood over the years, just the highlights and times of growth for you as the years have passed. Sure. So I hope you have a cup of tea because (laughs) kind of... uh, Done a lot so far in my life. Okay, okay so I was born and raised in Australia. Um, I have two brothers, one older and one younger than me. But when I was 12, my family moved to Russia as missionaries. Um, mm. But while my parents and brothers lived in Russia, I actually started attending Black Forest Academy, which is an American uh, school in Germany. And I completed all four years of high school there. And that's actually where I met your husband, oh, Jonathan, yeah. all those years ago. I know I was chatting with him today and I think it's like 14 years ago we met, oh, which is like almost half of my lifetime. And that's amazing. It's just, it's, yeah, it feels like forever ago. So he was in his early 20s and he was actually an RA at the dorm that my now husband, Scott, lived at while he was also a student at BFA. So Scott was a year ahead of me in high school and we started actually dating after he graduated. So as he began his freshman year at the University of Tampa studying media and communications, I began my senior year of high school um, at BFA at that school. Okay. But we kept in really close contact over that entire year and we fell head over heels in love with each other. Mm -hmm. After I graduated from high school in June of 06, Scott actually followed me to Australia and began studying abroad there for a year so that we could be together. So um, I was the broad that he studied. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scott's like 12-year-old joke. That's that awesome. still gets good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was 19 and I was 18. Mm-hmm. And we got engaged soon after we landed in Australia. We were married in February of 07. And then we moved back to Florida in July, just a few months later, so that Scott could finish his final year and a half of college there. Mm. After Scott graduated, though, he began to feel the pull into ministry. So he got an internship at our church that we were going to just to kind of test out the waters. And in no time, it was pretty apparent that God was changing our direction into full-time ministry, which Mm. was 
just nuts. Yeah. I gave birth to our first daughter, Olivia, in June of 2010 while we were still in Florida. But at the end of we moved up to Scott could begin his master's in the missionary in all of 2011. So during the five years that we lived in Colorado, Scott earned his um, MDiv and we gave birth to our second, Megan, mm-hmm. and our third, mm-hmm. Emmeline, daughters. Um, but it was not a walk in the park at all. Mm. During those years, our oldest was actually diagnosed with a rare enzyme deficiency where mm. we had to completely mm. change her diet, which was a really huge thing for us. Our marriage hit rock bottom and almost fell apart mm. while we were in seminary, of oh. all things. And our house burned down. Oh. And oh, that no. was all in a, yes, all oh. in six months from oh, January goodness. to June. Um, it was just one thing after the other. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it pretty much rocked our world. After the fire took our house and everything in it, God mercifully rebuilt our life and marriage at the same time. But that is an entirely different story for a whole nother time because that will, that'll take a whole nother cup of tea to get through. <laughs> but we experienced a peace that surpassed all understanding and we were provided for in ways that we could have never imagined. Mm. Gosh, Hannah, we serve a God who can bring such beauty out of the ashes and we have literally lived it and mm. seen it and felt it. At the end of 2015, Scott accepted a senior pastor position um, at International Church of Oahu in Hawaii, where we are now, and we moved our family of five out here in February of 2016. And then Mm. just a few months later, I gave birth to our fourth and final daughter (laughs) in May. Love it. Oh, my goodness. It has been a ride as a family of six um, since moving out here. Mm -hmm. Never, never imagined how tough raising four children, all girls nonetheless, six years apart would be. Um, what I had in my mind and what actually plays out in the day-to-day are very, very different. Mm-hmm. We don't do tea parties, or at least we rarely do, and <laughs> you will barely ever find all the girls sitting sweetly reading books. It is loud and more physical than I could have ever imagined, and the talking is non-stop. <laughs> Oh my gosh, my poor husband. There's five of us for him to listen to. <laughs> He's going to need a whole lot of prayer as they grow up. But then there are these moments where time seems to stop and they're all snuggling and giggling and being kind and caring for one another. And I just pray that I am getting a glimpse into our future. Mm-hmm. Gosh, my deepest desire is that they'll be the best of friends when they're older and always have each other's backs. One thing I know, though, is that Scott and I should be pretty set if we need looking after when we're old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what TV shows I watched when I was growing up. Maybe it was the Cheaper by the Dozen movie, mm-hmm. but it looked like such a good idea to have a huge family. <laughs> and in reality, it's really hard. <laughs> At least right now, it's really hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hard. But I was going to ask you a little more about just what it's like to do church in Hawaii, do ministry there, and like what your role is it, you know, is or has been as Scott has started pastoring. And just, I don't know, I'm sure it's not all, you know, the beautiful sunsets and palm trees and everything, you know, people picture Hawaii yeah. so perfectly. And yeah. but then you live there mm-hmm. and you do life there. And I'm sure there's more to the story. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, no, you nailed it. It is very different to live here than to be a tourist here. You know, you can just travel the island and go from thing to thing and you've saved up money. (laughs) And so you can spend it at the different attractions, you know, that you've come here to see. Mm -hmm. But when you live here, it's so expensive to live here. And so we do 
all the free things that we can do. We go to the beach as much as we can. And we unfortunately don't do a lot of hikes right now because hiking with four young children right now, that just does not sound enjoyable to Scott and I. We are not hikers outside of children. So to bring four children into hiking, yes, no, it does not sound fun at all for us right now. But yes, so my husband has been the lead pastor of our church now for two and a half years. And we could not have asked for a more loving and supportive church to hire us right out of seminary. Mm. It has been such a gift. They have been so gracious and so understanding with us. And they exhibit true aloha. And aloha is the Hawaiian word for love. Mm. And they have folded us into their ohana, which means family. We should have all learned that from uh, Lilo and Stitch. Yes. <laughs> um, so beautifully. <laughs> Yeah. So I recently was the early childhood ministry director. I did that for about a year and a half, but recently was able to hand that off to another incredible gal that's going to take it even further than I was able to. And now I facilitate a young mom's book study twice a month. And then I occasionally sing in the worship band. Um, But it has been quite an effort just getting myself and the four girls to church on time every week without Scott. So I consider it a win. If everyone has at least clean underwear on, hair may or may not be brushed, but church life overall is going well. And Scott, he just preaches the gospel so clearly. It's just so easy to understand when he preaches. I love it. Um, And lives are being impacted. And so that is, it doesn't matter about the number of people in the pews, you know, like if the one or the two that are meant to be there and they hear it and their lives are changed, like praise God for that. Um, It's definitely different being married to the lead pastor though, (laughs) but I really enjoy learning about God and the Bible from God. So that's a plus. So ask me again in like 20 years. Hopefully it's still the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. I was, I was so excited because I think it was last year there was a video on Facebook, I believe, like from Easter Mm -hmm. with you singing. And I was like, oh, that was amazing. And I, because I sing as well. So I was, yeah, I just feel like musicians are always kind of drawn to each other. And I was like watching that video and I'm like, I love this girl already. I don't even know her. (laughs) It was just like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. singing Easter and not in a season right now where I get to do that a ton, but definitely planning on doing it again. It's just such a great way to use your gifting and like be involved. But I totally, get it about really being wise about what you say yes to when you have like four little ones that's so smart to just be cautious not to overdo it and then be totally burned out yeah so um I do I do love to sing and that is really where I kind of meet Jesus whether I'm yeah. singing at the top of my lungs in the kitchen or on the stage and gosh I can be having a really bad day or I can be driving somewhere and just be in a really bad mood and then just oh the song will come on and then my heart is just softened and I reach my arms out in the car and goodness knows what I look like (laughs) but um yeah I am taken to the throne room um when I sing and so it is a yeah it's a real blessing to be able to get to share that but so I don't get to sing as much as I maybe would love to but I really do get to do something I love a lot right now Mm -hmm. so I work in the birth world so I am a doula outside of being a mommy and a pastor's wife so back in 2013 while we were living in Colorado I got my uh, doula certification through Dona, and I have continued to pursue that passion on and off for the past five and a half years. Mm. Um, And since moving out here, I took a couple years off just to stabilize myself, to really pour into my family. Uh, There were times where I could barely serve my family, let alone other families. And so I knew it wasn't the right season to be in doula work. But then this past January, God opened the doors and I joined forces with a group called Best Birth Hawaii out here. Oh, and it has been the most incredible thing Hmm. that's ever happened in my doula life. So I worked for them as a doula and a childbirth educator. 
And so I take about one to three doula clients a month and then occasionally get to teach childbirth, which I really, really love. It is so life-giving for me and I am so, so grateful for its outlet as it's a realm I really thrive in as a human being, which is nice as most days. I don't feel like I'm thriving as a mother. And so when I am in oh, a labor and delivery room and with a mom and dad giving birth, no matter how they're giving birth, it is just it is the privilege of my life to support them through that trial, whether it be a three-hour labor hmm. or a 23 or 33-hour labor. Oh, my gosh. I come home all fired up. Yeah. And even after teaching, um, it is a job that is so life-giving that I don't feel drained when I get home. And that that is humongous. It's always wonderful when the job you have doesn't feel like a job. It's more like this privilege and a, a great thing that just gives you energy. You don't feel drained, like you said, when you're done. It's like, that's kind of incredible. Like when I was teaching, I did have that feeling many, many days, not every day, but for sure, most of the time mm -hmm. it was like I was with my students and I came home just on cloud nine. I felt so good to be giving back to the community. And I just, I love that you're able to do that right now. What has been something kind of through motherhood that God has taught you? I mean, I'm sure there's 1 million things like there has been with me, but what's kind of yeah. one thing that stands out to you as you think about something he's taught you? Oh man, um, maybe that I have little to no strength or ability on my own to raise these little women. Mm. Um, that's probably top of the list. Parenting has been the toughest job ever. It has required every ounce of me and then some. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have the hope of Christ and that he is enough and will sustain me when I feel like giving up, I think I'd be in a pretty dire state. Some parenting days or even moments just leave me feeling completely helpless and defeated. And it's on those days that I have to cling to the fact that it won't always be like this. At least that's what I'm betting on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that we have eternity waiting for us. But before then, I'm really just hoping for some easier years with the kids. Do you think that's a thing? <laughs> I think so. I hope so as well. <laughs> I think there's just like every stage has its challenges. And our two-year-old boy is just amazing. And I find myself, I've joked that like by 9 a.m. I'm so exhausted. I could just go right back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yes. up for several hours, but I think it's the physically, like it's physically exhausting right now with um, a toddler. Um, and the girls are off in school, so that's really awesome. But, you know, I think it's just every stage there's something either emotionally, because then I've talked to moms who have older kids and they're like, I can't control anything they do. You know, they're on their own. I can't like, in, not in a you know weird way, but just I can't watch out for them. I can't be there for them the same mm -hmm. way. And I'm really, you know just praying for them a lot because now they're dating this guy and it, like all these things. So I just, there's things that'll get yeah. easier and then there's things that are harder and it just, it's like an ebb, it ebbs and flows and oh, but it is, it is challenging and it is, I feel like refining because you just, all of the junk in your own life gets like really worked on. <laughs> Because yeah, it just gets mirrored back to you yeah. when you see them doing things that you do and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I thought we could just really dive into the main kind of topic I have throughout this whole month about um, joy. And so this year I've kind of outlined 12 characteristics of a Sunday afternoon mama. So of course, one per month throughout the year. And this month on the show, like I said, we're just diving into what it means to walk in the joy that God wants to give us, especially in our roles as mamas. And joy doesn't have to depend on our circumstances or rely on our emotions, which will always be like a roller coaster, if you ask me. I just, that's a, definitely my experience. But I believe God wants to pour his love and joy into us all the time if we will open up to receive it. And then 
the tough part is to choose to walk in it. Um, This can look like being careful to kind of guard what we listen to. Like I find if I'm more careful with not letting a ton of criticism or sarcasm or that ungrateful attitude or mean mean opinions and things like into my ears, into my heart, into my mind, Mm -hmm. that really Mm -hmm. helps to walk in more joy. And then also what what images we're looking at, what people we're hanging out with, what we fill our minds with, everything we take in, almost like what we ingest. (laughs) And so last year on the podcast, I mentioned one of my favorite songs, and it still is, um, by Rend Collective is The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. And it's not like the joy of myself is my strength, or it's not the joy of the world is my strength, or it's not even the joy of my coffee is great or something. You know, I'm like being ridiculous, but it's just like... Coffee is great. Yeah, coffee is great. But it's like the joy doesn't come from us. Like that's kind of been an encouraging thought to me is it's not like I'm conjuring this up and manipulating it or just trying to wish it to happen or or whatever, it's like, it's really comforting to think like it's actually just a gift from God. But then again, we do have to choose to walk in that once we've received it. So that's kind of been something I've been working through for quite a while. And I would love to hear from you, like what's been most helpful for you in the different seasons of your life when it comes to choosing that joy and walking in it confidently, almost even when it doesn't make sense. Like that song I was mentioning, it, it even says, in the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. Some, sometimes I feel like joy from God is so, such a gift that the world can look at it and think like, how are you, how are you walking through this situation with any kind of joy? But anyways, yeah, what's been most helpful for you when it comes to choosing joy? Yeah, goodness. Yeah, joy despite the circumstance that does not come easily <laughs> to me. And I keep hoping each time each time I'm faced with a different trial, I'm like, okay, God, I am going to choose joy and I am going to be thankful Mm -hmm. within it and I'm going to see you and I'm going to know it's you and I'm going to know you're close and I'm not going to complain. Jesus, I'm not going to complain. And then I'm in a trial and I'm like, I hate this trial. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And I'm like, Lord, when will it take till I'm 50? Please don't let it take that long Mm -hmm. because I know there's going to be a whole lot of trials between now and 50. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to live my life like this. And I don't want to be the friend that you know, when the trials come that people are like, oh, here comes the <laughs> <laughs> So I have a story that I wanted to share just from my personal life um, where God really had to uh, change my perspective, infuse his joy um, because I was pretty down in the dumps. So it was last November. Mm-hmm. Um, I developed a really horrible skin condition that sounds as gross as it was. It was called guttate psoriasis. And I had red raised blotches over 90% of my body for over five months. And it was so itchy. And mm. when I would itch it, it would bleed. And I even mm. got bruises from how much I itched. It was so bad. Oh. And I felt so uncomfortable in my skin. I covered up whenever I left the house because, and oh. I didn't leave the house a lot because I was just so, I felt so insecure in how I looked. And I started going to light therapy three mornings a week for about 15 weeks. So I would walk into this, like a tanning bed that was standing up and it would just like at most, like for two minutes, it would beam this ultra mm. bee light onto me, ultraviolet bee light onto me. And it would um, begin to take away the spot. And at the end of those five months, it began to clear up and I couldn't believe that it ever cleaned up. But oh. as you can imagine, I experienced some of the most darkest nights um, of my lives when I was trapped in this body that I just felt so betrayed by yeah. um, that 
I had no control over um, of how to fix it. Yeah. But I had to keep coming back to my hope and security in Christ that it wouldn't always be like this. That is kind of the mantra of my life. It's not always like this. It's not always going to yeah. be like this. And I held tightly to a promise that God had given me at the very beginning of the Gutate journey, so what I just call it. Yeah. And it's from Isaiah 42, 16. And it says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. Mm. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Oh, my friend who didn't know what I was walking through. Oh, Oh, my gosh. She had no idea what I was going Mm. through when she was reading Isaiah. And she came across those verses and she texted me and was like, Fiona, I just feel led to share these with you right now. And I read them and I just sobbed because my body was so rough Mm. and I just longed for it to be smooth again. And I knew that he could do it and I knew that he would. I just did not know when and I didn't know how long that that journey was going to last. And there were so many days where I wanted to whine about my skin and don't get me wrong, I did. My sweet husband would put cream on every single dot of my body night after night. Mm. And we're talking hundreds of dots. And so it was an extremely humbling and oh my goodness the patience it took for both of us to just endure those sessions of putting the cream on but God gave me a solid kind man to um, do that for me but I just had to trust that God was doing a work in my heart and life and that it was going to be okay and I could either choose to whine and just to put my fist up in the air God of why me why Mm. my body you know how insecure I already am in my skin. Why would you give me this? Mm. You know, and I just heard God saying, Fiona, my greatness is made perfect in your weakness. And right now you are so weak. You're mm. always weak. Yeah. <laughs> but right now you feel it. You feel so weak, but I am still great. And I am still on my throne and I am still Lord of all of time and everything you're going through. And so I just had to keep trusting mm. and I, I changed my perspective and I just tried to glorify him through it and reach out to people that were also going through maybe similar life seasons, maybe not covered in red blots, but I definitely got closer to a friend that was going through cancer and Mm. just different trials where we were both so reliant just on the peace and provision of Jesus to get us through um, some really dark times. That's incredible. I just, I can't, so it's so amazing how there'll be something that comes along like that friend who texted you that verse, like right in the middle of a dark, dark time. And that's where it's so crucial to always be like, oh, you know, am I supposed to say something to someone or looking around? Like when you, even when we are going through a trial, maybe there's something we are supposed to do and share with someone else to really make the difference for them. And that's like a really good reminder, even as I'm hearing you say that, to just be aware and be not get so focused on something in my life that I'm not thinking, yes, but what about, you know, this person here that's in my path or in my neighborhood or or whatever and oh that's so good absolutely I have a good friend that has always told me if someone comes to her mind one time she thinks oh that's sweet if it comes to her if they come to her mind a second time Mm. she thinks well that's not a coincidence and if the person comes to her mind a third time she's like I am meant to reach out to her and she'll always reach out to the person she's thinking of and I just I want that to be me as well yeah and if God is putting someone on your heart today reach out to them Mm -hmm. with something that God is speaking to you about or just a random thing and it may seem really random to you but you just never know how it's going to come across or speak to their heart 
Yeah. Like the other end. Yeah. Even as you're saying this, I think it's such a powerful truth that one way to walk in joy is to be thinking about others as much as we can. Because yeah. sometimes I know for myself, mm-hmm. if I get me, 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 or I'm feeling so upset about this. And why is this person doing this? And why do I have to walk through this? Like, why did, like you said, why, (laughs) why do I have to feel this pain or, or whatever it is? And as soon as we look out broaden our perspective, it can bring so much peace and help us to walk in that joy. Yeah. I think joy and peace are supposed to go hand in hand and they're powerful, powerful things. And they're supposed to lead us to hope, you know, so if we're able to choose to receive that joy. It'll help us be at peace with whatever circumstance or whatever stress or outside pressure or anything that you're going through. And then it will give us that hope for the future. I don't know about you, but when my perspective gets off and I let my mind become overwhelmed with those anxious thoughts, those disquieting thoughts, I lose all joy. If I forget that this world is not all there is, I can be plunged into hopelessness quite easily. It just happens, just boom. And so I thought we could talk too right now of like how we can keep that heavenly perspective, especially when walking through a trial that really tests us. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. So I am a super, super slow learner. (laughs) So God has to, God has to really tell me something over and over and over for me to get it. And so actually on my 30th birthday, I literally tattooed a Greek word to my wrist to remind mm-hmm. me that there is that this isn't all there is and that I am a work in progress <laughs> and that it. God will carry out his plan to completion and there's a purpose to all of this. The word on my wrist is telos and it means the goal, purpose, culmination. So whether I'm changing my one thousandth dirty diaper of my career, <laughs> disciplining a child, or just even enjoying an awesome day with my kids or at a birth, I'm reminded that this is not all there is. God is preparing us for eternal glory every single day. He is redeeming us and our friends and our family and this world to him. You know, the path has not been promised that it's going to be easy, but he has promised that we don't have to do it alone. And our eternal security isn't based on how we're feeling from one moment to the next. It is a fixed standing. And if we have been made new in Christ, nothing can ever change that Mm -hmm. but uh, just a few more practical ways that I gain perspective so I listen to good worship music like I said in the car in my kitchen oh it changes the mood and kids really really get into it you know they may be in a really kind of poopy mood as well but um, once that worship music goes on Mm -hmm. and I just raise my hands and we dance moods just change and hearts are softened And I reach out to friends a lot, uh, just who will point me to truth and call out the lies I'm believing. I journal a lot or as much as I can. You know, a good journaling session just always really helps my heart. Mm -hmm. I'm very much a stream of consciousness journaler. And so oftentimes, you know, my entry is just, oh, God, goodness, could you even believe my week? Yep. And so, and then also, of course, opening my Bible and praying and diving into scripture. But gosh, I'll be honest and say that's not where I always go first. Mm -hmm. I'm a pastor's wife who doesn't always go to the Bible first. I am just as normal. All of your pastor's wives are just as normal as you are. And we all struggle with going to God and we all struggle with Mm -hmm. bad days as well. But um, either my friends will point me back or eventually I'll be like, Fiona, open your Bible, open your Bible. Yes. And, um, you know, I'll flip to just 
yeah, a passage that I know is going to really, really encourage me or speak to my heart. Or sometimes God will just lead me to a passage that he wants me to read um, that maybe I hadn't thought to go to in the first place. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few more practical ways of how I change my perspective. I'm very much a verbal processor. Mm -hmm. And so getting everything out on the table, then I can kind of rearrange it and be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling and why. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I think it's so good to even meditate on passages in the Bible about joy that I'm going to actually put several in the show notes today. And I don't usually do that, but people are talking so much about meditation these days. I mean, even if you have an Apple Watch, it'll tell you, you know, it's time to breathe, you know, breathe in, breathe out. And yes, breathing's great. You know, (laughs) being silent is great. But the thing is, what makes me sad is a lot of what the world means when they tell us meditate. It's to meditate on, you know, nothing really, just to become quiet or kind of go deeper within yourself and notice all your thoughts and let them pass by without judgment. And that sounds so noble and good, but, and focus on your breathing and connecting to the divine. But a lot of times people are like, there's a lot within you and you just need to tap into that and then everything will be great and you'll be so happy. So what I am saying is that I believe what's so much better for us and so much more based on truth is is to meditate on God's word. And that will bring us that true peace and joy. Like knowing his heart towards us will bring that lasting, overflowing joy. So yes, sit without distractions and, you know, you can slow down your breathing. Physically, that's actually good for us, you know, especially when we're stressed. But breathe in the promises of God, not our own, you know, inner wisdom or something think we think is going to be conjured up deep within us if we just sit quietly enough for a couple of minutes. I don't know. It's just breaks my heart. There's a lot of, um, at least on social media, what I've noticed is magic and crystals and rocks and and all these Mm -hmm. things, moon cycles and really like, it's getting really popular to talk about everything else except, you know, finding our strength and our joy in God. So I'm kind of rabbit trailing, but it's something I'm really passionate about because I see people turning inward instead of upward. It's just Mm -hmm. breaking my heart because especially as a mom, we're gonna, if we do that, we're just going to come up short every time. Like we'll feel like we're a failure. You know, we'll feel like, oh, I just didn't have it in me. And yet we don't have it in us on our own, you know. And so joy is that great gift. And I hope that that encourages you today as you're listening to just rest in that fact that it is not something we earn, not something we create. It's something we receive and then we choose to walk in it. So I hope that makes sense and I hope people can hear my heart on that. But do you know what I mean? Does that, I don't know if you've noticed that trend, but I just, oh, I just. No, absolutely. No, it is just so sad watching the world try and fill the void within their soul with all of these substitutes and that's all that they are. And the world, what it has to offer always falls short because you used the word trend before and everything just is a trend it kind of what comes and it's exciting and we grasp it until the next trend comes and we grasp it that and so it's just it's so hard and I mean and I'm so tempted even to go along with the trends and to go along with the things that feel good but then we at the end of the day when Mm -hmm. it all when it all falls short yeah we are left with a creator that never falls short. And he is this firm foundation, never shifting, mm-hmm. never changing, calling out to us, come to me all who are weary and brokenhearted and I will give you rest. And that's a whole nother sermon for another yeah. day as well. But, yes. Um, it's, oh, it's, uh, 
I fell into the trap as well. So you are not aligned. Yeah. I think it's so easy as a mom to, to gravitate towards like, what can I do to make this better? Like I am used to kind of, you know, we're used to in our roles as moms, like taking care of everybody else. And then when it's something we're walking through, that's really difficult. It's like, I can fix this. Like I got this because I have kids. I have a husband. Like I can take care of everybody else. I surely could take care of this. Like if I look deep within, I can figure this out. And I always get myself into trouble when I turn to this article, turn to this book, turn to this thing first, instead of just in desperation, telling God how I'm feeling and how I'm doing, like what you said about processing that out loud and writing it down and just being like, oh, this is where I'm at. I'm actually really upset and I am frustrated (laughs) in my faith. Mm -hmm. I want to trust that this will all get better, but this is painful or this is, you know, whatever the feelings you're feeling and just be honest and then walk through that, you know, and let him carry you through if you need carried even. But I just... Yeah, nothing that we could say could scare or yeah. could surprise God. He yeah. is big enough. Yeah. You know, he can take it. So dish it, you know, yeah. let him let him have all of it because he already knows it before you even say it. And sometimes we just need to say it mm-hmm. and to be heard. We just need to know that after we have said everything on our heart, on our mind, that we are fully known, fully accepted, and fully loved. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So joy is this great gift, and we can't earn it or conjure it up. And I, I actually feel just this wave of relief over me when I think about that. It's just, it, it should give us peace that we can receive it and then continually choose to walk in it. And I think the more time we spend in God's presence, the more we'll be able to discern and know where to go and what to say yes and no to, what to do when we go through these really challenging times. Well, we are going to pause now and pick up next week with more of my conversation with Fiona. I hope you are loving this as much as I was. Next week, we're going to dive into a couple of Fiona's favorite things, hear some stories about life with four little girls at home, and we'll make sure to wrap up all the tips and takeaways for you in a nice little package. (laughs) So hopefully you can have practical ideas and just be encouraged in this journey of motherhood. Well, that will wrap up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week, and please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. And do me a favor and go ahead and screenshot when you're listening to episodes and share it on your social media. That is also another great way to tell other people all about this podcast and encourage more mamas out there. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to check out this week's show notes because I will include verses about joy that you can meditate on. I'll be back with you next week with Fiona again. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.